0: Hello and welcome to the Investing on the Go podcast brought to you by Fund i I'm James Yardley and we're joined today by Sid chan Lau, the elite rated manager of the Marlborough Multicap Income Fund. Sid, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, Cineworld and Big Yellow are in your top 10. What do you like about these companies?
1: Cineworld has just made um, an acquisition in the US which makes it uh, the second largest cinema operator in the world. So... That's something to be proud of, I think, in its own right, but it is profitable. It's continued to de-gear. It's recently done a sale and lease back um, of some of its cinemas in America, which means that it's released several hundred million of cash and, surprise, surprise, it's also paid a special dividend or announced that. Uh, It's also a quarterly dividend payer, which is great. But more importantly, really, the um, operations continue apace. So there's a very nice box office um, slate lined up there's Toy Story being released tomorrow, I understand. Um, so I'll certainly be going to see that with my kids. Uh, but really, there's a number of potential blockbusters coming on stream which will be very good for their earnings. You're not
0: just finding everyone's just staying at home nowadays and just watching Netflix, people who are still going to the cinema?
1: Well, that's, that's um, of course, a potential structural change. But the experience of the cinema has always been fairly unique. And if you speak to the, the two brothers who run that, Business, they'll tell you that they've seen a number of these potential structural changes, going right back to when TV changed to colour, the the DVD, um, and you know it really is sort of one one market versus another. I think somebody who watches Star Wars at home uh, may actually find that it's a very different um, experience when you go to watch that sort of thing in a big big screen or, or on a big screen, and um, also technology has changed so. If you're watching 4DX, um, there are certain types of film which would be much better suited to that experience than watching it at home. And, and big yellow self-storage? And big yellow self-storage is, um, is one of those sort of very reliable dividend payers for us uh, where it's been in the portfolio a long, long time now. And um, it's got 82% odd occupancy. They've got a target of 90%. So, very steadily the management have delivered on their plans. There's been plenty of progress. They've got a development pipeline um, of about seven new sites, which don't sound like that's a lot, but actually it's very hard to get planning permission uh, for these assets, which are considered quite scarce. I'll give you an example. If you had a big site in King's Cross and uh, you could either build the Barton blocks or convert it into a shed to do self-storage, I think most owners would sell it for mixed use or residential housing. So just by default getting a site which is in town available for such use is quite a difficult task and then there's the marriage value of having of course the operations in place and having the right protocols and the safety and the regulation um, which these guys really are the experts. I think um, both Big Yellow and Safe Store actually have done very, very well. And.
0: of the portfolio is currently invested in property companies. What do you like about these?
1: Well, property companies are not necessarily direct property. I should possibly make that distinction. Uh, These are fairly liquid businesses. They often have upward-only rent reviews attached to it. There is a degree of visibility with strong governance. If I could give you an example, there's a business called London Metric, which has recently acquired Mucklow. As it happens we we had both businesses in our portfolio um, but it is it is more of a management story and when your shares are trading at a premium, then you can take advantage of that and use that paper and the value in it to buy into something that is otherwise perhaps much more expensive if you were to try and raise debt so
0: why are they trading at a premium, then? Because hasn't the commercial property space had some difficulties recently? There's been lots of talk about the high streets struggling, shopping centres struggling. What, what's going on And here, And, is, and so that's uh,
1: exactly the point, is that there seems to be a much wider decoupling in the property market than there has been for some time. So the business I referred to, London Metric, doesn't have the likes of big shopping malls in its portfolio instead. In fact, it has very little in terms of office space as well. It's, it's mu- much more about... Um, your industrial warehouses, it's about the logistics centers that you require, um, especially if you believe in the growth of click and collect or online orders, because these are the fulfillment centers that are, I think, very much in vogue and therefore um, trading at a premium.
0: And you're still getting a decent dividend from that?
1: Yes, absolutely. In fact, it's uh, one of the core tenets of their business model. Uh, income growth. In fact, if you, meet the, if you meet the CEO, Andrew Jones, he'll give you a card where the reverse has a, a little table of compounding returns and how much he believes in it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and what's, uh, what's the stock in your portfolio that exc- excites you the most today and why?
1: Well, if I may uh, say that it's, it's not that a stock excites me the most, uh, but I have a number of different businesses that I feel good about. Um, just to tone down the superlative, the uh, company I saw recently that perhaps made me think again was STV, only because my, my perhaps stereotype impression of that was that this is a Scottish based TV operator, totally reliant on ITV, um, with a big pension deficit. and. I was pleasantly surprised to learn a thing or two when I met the new CEO, uh, Simon Pitt, um, who himself has 17 years of experience at ITV, and he did share quite a credible plan. Um, They're going to effectively use their broadcast business, which is, I suppose, a cash cow of sorts, and reinvest that to grow the production business into content, and potentially stream to the likes of Netflix. or effectively create um, TV series for um, the BBC, and a lot of that work is already in progress. So they're hiring some very interesting people. Um, I'm sure a number of you know Dragon's Den. They um, have recruited the MD who created that. Uh, and I think what's more is it's it's quite attractively valued. The pension deficit is a known quantity. They pay nine million a year. Um, With some inflation link, Um, so that's contained, and the free cash flow is so strong that you're not only doing that, you're also covering the dividend about one and a half, two times. So um, that's what where I look at the story, and I think there's a change, there's a new leader in position who's got the relevant experience. um, It's underpinned on valuation, and you've got the balance sheet and cash flow. It's got very little debt. It's got about 30 odd million of net debt. So that to me seems a very steady eddy,
0: yeah, very interesting. Um, now most of the companies in your fund have a market capitalization under a billion pounds, um, which is quite different to your peers. Can you explain perhaps what that means to our listeners and and can you still find good dividend paying stocks in, in that smaller end of
1: the market? being a multi cap strategy, what it actually means is that we can cover the entire market cap spectrum. So it's not just large cap companies like your BP, or Shell. If you look at the market cap of a BP, it's over 100 billion. If you look at Glaxo, it's 78 odd, odd billion. Um, so really when you're looking at the majority of the median of our company market caps below a billion pounds, that may sound like a big number in itself, but it's so far out compared to what these large caps have already done. Now, that's not to say that I think some of our smaller companies will become FTSE 100 stocks. I'm not saying that. However, we have had the joy of watching some of our businesses grow, and on occasion, actually, we have seen um, businesses get promoted into the index, so DS Smith is an example that got promoted into the FTSE 100, we held it all the way when it was a FTSE 250 stock. Um, More recently, we've had Park Plaza Hotels qualify for the FTSE 250. Again, that's another smaller company. Now, none of these are going to be the next Glaxo VB, but it just shows that the direction of travel allows quite a bit of capacity and growth.
0: And the the UK's smallest companies have actually done very well since the EU referendum, uh, which may surprise many people. Why is this?
1: There isn't a single answer to that, but perhaps part of it is because they did get oversold. Uh, previously so when you've got perfectly good businesses that have not yet been affected in terms of their trading updates this is a generalization but, but let's let's just go with that for now and um, they continue to post growing profits well it's no surprise then that as that progress continues there are others who get interested and corporate activity picks up and of course, these businesses get bid for or they get re-rated by the market. So we did see a lot of that following Q4. Uh, In fact, our fund had about four bids um, in quite quick succession. Mm. And um, there's been a fifth today, actually. But um, we'll talk more about that another time. (laughs) Excellent. Sid,
0: thank you very much for joining us. Uh, That was all very interesting. Uh, And thank you to our listeners for listening. I'm James Yardley. And if you'd like to listen more, To more of our investing on the go, please subscribe to Fundcalibre. Please remember we've been discussing individual companies to bring investing to life for you. It's not a recommendation to buy or sell. The fund may or may not still hold these companies at your time of listening.